This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Tim Fitzgerald, fresh back from a trip to Lubbock, Texas, and we're joined by Brian Hanley, our Go Powercat football analyst who helps us out with these pre- and post-game podcasts as Kansas State escapes Lubbock, beats Texas Tech 25-24 in a game where there seems to be plenty to discuss, and that's what we shall do on this podcast. Kansas State's now 4-3. and three. They broke their three-game losing streak in the Big 12 Conference this season to move to 1-3 and three and maybe begin anew as they prepare for TCU this Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It is homecoming. Caddyshack Golf, wear caddy with two T's. Visit Caddyshack Golf for all your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Well, Brian, what were you thinking when you watched the first, what, three and a half minutes of that game and suddenly it's 14 to nothing? Oh, man. I just thought, here we go again. I go, this could, literally could not have started worse. I just thought, I mean, it, it looked like it was a disaster waiting to happen. It just looked like it was a disaster. I thought the guys are going to quit. They're going to give up they, because their confidence is going to be shot. Uh, I didn't blame them for ju- if they would have. I was just I felt bad is what I is what I felt. You know, I was like, this is ridiculous. I just felt bad. I felt bad. At the beginning, it was, whew, man, it was terrible. Horrible way to start. Um, I, I give kudos to Texas Tech for being prepared and really having a nice scout on Kansas State, knowing what would work very well against the Wildcats. They got to the edge, as Chris Kleiman said after the game. You got to set the edge. You can't let guys get outside of you. And they did it two times in a row to start the game. And yeah. after that, I mean, the defense was put in a horrible situation by the fumble and the kick return, so I don't really hang that touchdown on them. After right. that, I thought they really settled in and played much better, including a second half where they pitched the shutout. But let's go back to the start. Let's get through the ugly stuff because it was ugly. Brian, it was some of the worst football I've seen K-State play since Stan Parrish was here. It was that bad. That first half with all those penalties, the turnover, and just kind of they looked disoriented like they didn't know what they were doing they looked like one of the worst prepared teams I'd ever seen and I was really I was dismayed I guess that's the perfect word I I was like how is this happening because I know Chris Kleiman's a good coach I know these are good coaches and I know this team I've seen this team this season play at a fairly high level but boy, confidence is a huge thing. They had lost most of their confidence. Their mojo was gone, as Austin Powers would say, and they needed to refine it. 
but that first half, oh my goodness. Your general thoughts, particularly on the penalties and mistakes. Yeah, well, basically, I just thought that when I first when it it just looked like they were just so disorganized, kind of what you said, so disinterested. It looked so bad, and just the mental mistakes. And that's why I said I thought they were going to give up because I'm like these guys are not into this football game. They weren't prepared. They weren't playing well. Weren't playing smart. I just thought. Come on, guy. You got to give effort. And that's what I thought it was in the first half. I'm like, let's just give effort. If we're going to lose, fine. Let's lose. But at least go out giving the effort, showing that you that you care. You know, it just didn't look like they cared in the first half, Tim. That's what was so disheartening is it just didn't look like they cared. It really didn't. It, it looked like they were just going through the motions because they had better things to do. Yeah. Sad but true. It's just kind of the way it felt. It, it, it looked like it was an early start, and they were just like, you know what? And uh, fine, it, it caught us off guard, and we're just we'll just go out here. It's like a, a early morning scrimmage or something like a practice, and just didn't give the kind of effort that you should be giving in a Big Twelve football game when you're trying to to save your season right. for the most part. It, it just wasn't the type of effort that I was looking for. I thought we would come out with our hair on fire, and that couldn't have been the more opposite than that. Yeah, it was, as I tweeted, it was pathetic. It really was an awful start. They gave up 215 yards to Tech in that first half. Tech ran only 32 plays. Um, only had the ball 12 minutes in the first half, but they were able to rack that up. Now let's contrast that with Tech going to the halftime locker room with 215 yards. They ended with 318, so K-State held them to 103 in the second half. Um, and I don't want to completely set aside the bad things that happened in this game, but let's try to focus on the good things because the defense gathered itself. The offense started to find what worked as they threw the ball against the Tech defense that had been giving up the run, but apparently fixed that at the expense of their pass defense. But you got to give something to get something, I guess. K-State really played a, um, I don't want to say clean or efficient because they still had six more penalties. They ended with 12. They still had another turnover, but they just looked more inspired on both sides of the ball, didn't they? Well, they did. They did. And, you know, one thing that I've been hammering on coaching, the coaching staff the last few weeks and even in the last year is that we don't make adjustments at halftime. Well, they made a few. Yep. You know, they made a few adjustments, and I'm like, you know what? Adjustments work. Imagine that. I was just, and it was a good thing to see. It looks like, like the bell went off. Is like, okay, guys, we're down. This is what's going to happen. And the one thing that I'm encouraged by, case they didn't play well. This is not a, a well-played game for K-State, but they fought in the second half. They fought, and that's all we're asking for is come out and fight. You know, we want you to play well. Don't get me wrong, but if you're not going to play well, at least you're fighting. At least you're scrapping. You know, you're not going to give up. And it was the exact opposite in the second half. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I couldn't have been more proud of them because they could have – I mean, this game could have gotten away. I mean, it could have been 45 to 10. (laughs) I go quickly, and we didn't let it get that way. We just fought and fought and fought and – you know, and again, we got in our way a few times, but we fought. And that's all that we're asking for. I was really proud of the guys. I got to admit this. I haven't seen many plays flip a game 
as dramatically as Felix Andy Duque Uzama's safety tackle in the end zone. What an incredible play, first of all. It's first and 10 at the three or four, and they're just going to have a handoff that was way too slow in developing. What a horrendous play call by Texas Tech. But he said the tackle wasn't even looking him in the eyes, and he said, I'm taking that inside gap, and he just ripped through that inside gap inside that shoulder and, and was all over the running back before he knew what happened and got just I mean, it was the the poor guy never stood a chance, but that took this game from being tech trying to massage the second half to win the game because K-State was stinking to K-State was involved, inspired, and everything changed at that moment. And I was blown away by the impact of that game. It's incredible what one big play can do for a team's confidence. Absolutely. It turned it completely around. It just, it was like the spark that they needed to get us going. It's like, okay, we're in this game. We can do some things here. We can make some stops. You know, we can play football and win this football game. And it's like you said, things changed. And it was, it was just on that one play. It was incredible. I mean, it was a total turnaround. Because even the first time when we got the ball coming out at halftime, we didn't do anything. I go, but a great punt, again, special teams, a great punt. Downed it inside the 10, inside the five, and then a great defensive play. And it just, it literally turned everything around. It was, it was, I loved it. I loved it. It was just like you. I haven't, I've seen games turn, and I, but never really that quickly from lifeless to, again, our hair is on fire and we're going 100 miles an hour. It was great. And the defense was incredible from there on out. They ended the game with three sacks. They finally pressured a quarterback. Yes. Uh, he didn't like it at all. You could tell he just, once he got a little pressure on him, he was really uncomfortable. His, yes. his throwing percentages dropped drastically. You can't let these guys get comfortable, and it's exactly what K-State has done the last two games against Oklahoma and Iowa State. Quarterbacks have just got really comfortable and shredded you, and I, I understand Henry Columbia isn't nearly the quarterback of those other guys, but boy, they got to him. They got in his head and it changed everything. It it was just incredible to watch what pushing as a defense, what going on the attack can do for your entire team. And that's what this defense did. They just controlled tech the entire second half. Well, we pressured, you know, and it's just what you said. You get after the quarterback. You're not doing that with a three man line. You're just not doing that. And they got rid of it. In in those situations where we needed to get pressure, we brought pressure. And then even in, just like at the end of the game, in passing situations, we were bringing four guys. You have to do that. You can't just sit back. Not in this league. You can't just sit back. And, and even their quarterback, again, he wasn't the greatest. But you can't just sit back and just give guys forever to throw the ball. We saw that in the first half. You know, guys are running free because a lot of times defensive ends get pinned and they can get outside the pocket and just make these throws. And I'm just like, you have to bring more guys. You have to bring more. And they finally did. And it worked. And when you go on the attack, it will work. Again, you can give up big plays from time to time, and, and you will. But you are also going to create Havoc, and that's what a defense is all about, creating havoc, making the offense respond to you versus the other way around. That's how you win. 
Yeah, it was really fun to watch. It was. Um, I love defense. I love when defense gets after people, not to the point where you play nine overtimes and barely break twenty points. Wow, it's <laughs> a whole other topic. But I, I do enjoy really well played defense. I saw that quite a bit of that when I watched the Oklahoma State Iowa State game, a great college football game. But in this league, if you uh, are hesitant on defense, you're toast. Even, yep. And Texas Tech has put up some big points at times this year. If you are uncertain about what you're doing and why you're doing it, you don't stand a damn chance. And finally, Joe Klanderman got his defense to totally buy in and start playing with the confidence. When we saw him on Thursday before the game, he didn't want to talk X's and O's. He wanted to talk confidence. He felt like the guys just didn't believe enough in themselves anymore. They had lost all their confidence from early in the season. They needed to find it again. And by God, somehow they found it in Lubbock, Texas. It was it was hiding there, apparently. And um, <laughs> it really does change the context of the season, doesn't it? If K-State can start connecting the run defense to the pass defense so they both work, it's going to really make things so much easier for the Wildcats. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, confidence is everything, especially in sports. I mean, you got a ton of confidence, and you're running around, and you're just playing fast and free. It changes everything. And I I just think, it's just what you said. I think they found it. I think they found something that they can build on. Again, it's one game, so I'm not saying that, you know, oh, it's just Katie Barr to the door the rest of the the year. But you know what? You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, and this is it. It's kind of what we talked about on, on the pregame. Hey, you know what? We're 3-3. Three and three. It's a new season. Let's ride this thing out and see what where we can get the rest of the season. We've got some winnable games. We've got some very winnable. I don't. I mean, every game the rest of the season is winnable. Obviously, there'll be some tougher ones, but this can set us up really good because, again, the way they fought, in the second half, if you don't have confidence after this game, you never will have confidence. I mean, so I, I think it's a it's a really good sign because I just think it's kind of what you said. You get into a lull, you keep losing, you lose, you lose, you lose. And maybe somebody in the locker room, I don't know, just said, you know what? If we're going to lose, guys. Let's lose just going out there and playing as hard as we possibly can. And look what happened. We didn't. We fought and won. I love it. It was uh, really was something. Let me, without reading the stats off, you might be familiar with them, but without bringing in the stats into it, what did you think of Skylar Thompson's performance? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Here's the thing. They didn't let us really run the football, although, like you said, I thought I thought that was going to be what we were going to do is just run it down their throat because they had allowed teams to run the football. Yeah. I thought he played well. He, he had some tendencies again. He ran out of the pocket a few times where he didn't have to. Uh, it looked like he got hurt. I have no idea why we keep calling. If he's hurt, like we think that he is, we got to stop with this quarterback run game. I, I just, I, cra- I know it's a part of the offense, and I know our offense is better. But if he's not in there, our offense is horrible. Yeah. So we, we've, you just got to eliminate that. So I thought he played great. I, I think that he got guys involved. He was making the right reads. He was making good throws. I, I, I thought he played a really good game, Tim. I really did. Yeah. And you know, he was a little bit off target at the start of the game. Um, and in fact, he threw something out into the flat that luckily he was off target because if he had thrown a strike to his receiver, it was going to be a pick six. Uh, but by the end of the game, he was just putting the ball where his receivers could catch it. 24 yep. of 30. 
He completed 80% of his passes for 296 yards and a touchdown. He, this game, he really grew up. And, uh-huh. and I'm not playing great, but I'm going to persist. I'm not going to let it get into my head. And I honestly don't remember many games where Skyler started off shaky and then really kicked it up a notch. I mean, he, I guess the last time he might have done that would have been what was it? His sophomore season down at Texas Tech when he rallied the team, came back Correct. off the bench when he kind of did the same thing. But um, he has really grown into a leader, and this team just kind of responded around a few defensive guys and Skyler. It, it was uh, it was good to watch. But as we get into the second half after this break, boy, they have lots to work on, but they have lots of opportunities ahead of them, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Saturday, 2.30 against TCU. Let's put a little pause button here on this podcast. You're listening to the PowerCap Postgame Review Podcast with Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley. As Kansas State wins at Texas Tech, we'll be back in a moment to discuss a little bit more about this game, but also look at the future for this Kansas State team that is now 4-3 and three, heading into a really friendly stretch of its schedule. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. It's for K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories. Caddy Shack Golf, where Caddy with two T's, visit caddyshackgolf.com and use GPC for free shipping on your next order. Tim Fitzgerald here in the GPC studios after a lovely drive back on Sunday from West Texas. Um, you know the key to survival on that drive is you go down one way and you come back another way. <laughs> so you don't feel like you've done it twice you feel like you've done two really long drives that are totally different go down through western kansas cut through uh yes that's right is it uh a hooker oklahoma or beaver oklahoma one of the two they're both out there um, you come through part of texas and you're like is this earth because it's so bizarre looking out there in uh, northwest texas and then you get to we stayed in amarillo and then we came back uh interstates for the sunday drive all the way through oklahoma city a little bit longer but it helps you survive and survive is all you want to do when you go to Lubbock, and that's exactly what the Cats did, 25-24. But, Brian, they seem to have set the table for themselves now. I got to watch a good portion of the TCU-West Virginia game, and I have to admit, I didn't think TCU was going to be as good as what the preseason 
picks had them at in the upper half of this conference. I didn't understand that. And they're not good. I mean, they've played some good games. They were dreadful at home against West Virginia. And, yeah. and here's the warning I have. It doesn't mean a damn thing about Saturday. They could come no. in here and totally gather themselves and play so much better and differently that every game self-contained. But you got to admit, TCU at home, go to Kansas, West Virginia at home. Those are some really attainable games. And now if Kansas State is, is a good team, they're going to start stringing them together, aren't they? That's exactly right. And that's why I think the second half of Saturday was so important because it can set us up to do some things that last week we didn't think that it was going to be possible. or we Because everyone was down. Everybody was disappointed because we put so much into the Iowa State game. But you know what? Scrape it off. Let's start fresh, and we've got something that we can build on here because just what you said, the next three weeks are are games that we can win. Now, it doesn't mean anything. Like you said, TCU, and I, I don't know why every year it seems like they have TCU ranked so high, and I'm like, what have they really done? I mean, but whatever. And it's starting to play out a little bit. I mean, they've played some some difficult games, I guess you could say, and played well in spots, but they didn't play well last week or on Saturday. I can tell you that right now. So it won't mean a lot, but you know what? It can mean a lot to us because you get drugged, you can gather yourself and come in, but you know what? Our confidence level should be at, I don't want to say an all-time high, but it should be, we should be ringing on all cylinders. We should be hitting on all cylinders, or I should say, because the way that we came off that game and the way that we fought and came back to win, that it, it has to carry over, into number one, into practice, and two, over into the game, into to bringing something special that comes for the next few weeks, because and for the rest of the season, I should say, because you don't often start a football game that, horribly and then come back and win it just doesn't happen that often so if ever and to be able to do that it's got to send the guy's confidence level like we've talked about through the roof and set us up for something really really nice here over the rest of the season yeah i mean they got knocked down in the first round and got up off the mat and fought to the very end and got the decision. It was it was really impressive, and they should be proud of themselves. But, boy, Brian, they got to clean up these mistakes. 12 penalties is absurd for almost 100 yards. Yeah. You're just yeah, killing yourself. Yeah. yeah we, and like I said, we didn't play a great football game. We didn't. And that's the one thing that we can be, you know, we can hang our hat on is we didn't play well but we still won the football game and had to come back to win the football game. This was not a very well-played football game by Kansas State by any means whatsoever, but we were able to fight and come back and win, and that is the sign of something that I think we should all be very happy about is because we didn't play well, came back and win, but we got stuff to clean up for sure because these penalties, I mean, that's going to come back to bite you. Sooner or later, I mean, it obviously does, but I mean, we can't, we're not going to win too many games with the kind of penalties that we have that, that are out there. And it's hand placement, not moving your feet with these holding penalties and these pre-snap penalties. I mean, it's not like, I know they had a, a decent crowd there, but it's not like it was earth shattering to where you couldn't hear anything. I mean, these pre-snap penalties are just ridiculous. Yeah, it was, uh, that, that was the most frustrating for me, the false starts, because honestly, it wasn't a great crowd. Texas Tech's in big trouble. I mean, you think fans have turned on Chris Kleiman. 
They're right. done with Matt Wells, and they were hired at the same time. I mean, they're done. I would say, I don't know what they listed. What are they listed in this? Let me look at the stats here real quick. Uh, well, did they list it? Is it up top? Oh, they listed 52,000. There's no way. Bull, whatever, I can't say it. It was about 25,000. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's a 60,000-seat stadium. I don't think it was half full. Um, but at most it was 30, maybe 25 people are done with it. And when you stop and think about what this game meant for, uh, Texas tech, let me just read this off. Uh, next week, uh, they get to go to Oklahoma the week after that. Um, I guess it's another week. They get an off week in there. They play host Iowa state. Then they play host Oklahoma state. Then they go to Baylor. They've, they've gone through their easy stretch of their season. That included yep. winning at West Virginia um, and winning at Kansas. Ironically, they have two road wins, and now they've lost both of their um, home games, and they've also lost at Texas, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but for K-State, it's the opposite. They've gone through some of their toughest stretch now. And by the way, Iowa State's real again. Uh, they might yeah. have had their problems, but they're they're back to being Iowa State. They looked really good against Oklahoma State, just good enough to win. But now I feel like K-State knows what the highest level of this conference plays at. They competed at right. times in those games, but not nearly well enough to win. But now I think they're prepared for these games. And, and coming off the confidence of winning, because – Brian, they were done if they lost. I mean, they were in big trouble. They might beat Kansas and that'd be it because they were really down in the dumps after thinking they were going to roll through the season at 3-0 in a non-con. But I feel like they've they've got some confidence and hopefully they gather themselves and play much cleaner against TCU because Gary Patterson's team may not be great, but you you can't give him opportunities or he's going to cash them in. But I'm That's optimistic. Right. I'm 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 not really optimistic about the rest of this season. I am very optimistic. Like I said, I just wanted the guys to have a clean slate and come out and fight. And now they're fighting. I, this is a winnable game. I, again, I, I know that the Gary Patterson gets a lot of credit, and their teams play hard, and they do. They they play hard, but they don't always play well either. So this is a game that we can win. I think this sets us up to, to, to run off a few games in a row and then the last two, and then go fight and then go fight because I just don't see, I know that, that Texas is going to be tough and Baylor's going to be tough. And I get all of that. Trust me. I get all of that. I just see us being able to go and fight the rest of the season and, and pull off a win that, that we don't think, or maybe shouldn't or whatever the case may be, win a game, that we're not supposed to win, supposedly. I just think this sets us up really well. And this was a key game. It just was. It's just what you said. The season would have went sideways. We all know it. It would have went sideways if we would have lost. Uh, and I think maybe the kids thought that and figured that out at halftime. Tim is like, do we really want our season to go sideways? Are we really giving up here? No, we're not giving up. We're fighting hard. We want to be successful. We want to win football games. And they came back and did it. I'm, I think it's going to be really, a, like I said, a confidence booster that you just can't get yourself. It's something you have to give. And I don't know. It's hard for me to describe. I apologize. It's just I've never really seen it happen like this, Tim, where a team, they're literally dead, and they come back and fight and win. 
Well, we're going to find out something about Baylor. They play host to Texas on Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. game down in Waco. And I think their head coach might be in Baton Rouge next season. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, right. This, they still have TCU and Tech ahead, along with Kansas State and Oklahoma the week before K-State. Uh, meets Baylor so they have a lot ahead of them but uh, all eyes on TCU for right now and TCU knows it's in trouble big time right now in the Big 12 because uh, you can't lose at home to a a like team like that and then off to Kansas let me get your thoughts on Kansas so I don't know if you caught any of the Oklahoma game that was fascinating that just shows that you better show up and be ready to play because Oklahoma's Tried to just sleepwalk through that thing. Everyone admits it. You know, it wasn't like KU played out of their minds. They just showed up and were efficient, and Oklahoma didn't want to participate until the fourth quarter. Very fascinating. I hope it didn't wake KU up in any way. I don't think it did, but um, Oklahoma's good, but you can't just go through the motions. No, you can't go through the motions. Every, I mean, and they did. And let's just call it what it is. They did. They went through the motions, thought it was going to be you know, a varsity versus JV game. And it turns out you've got to come and play football. You can't just walk out there and, and think that you're going to beat somebody, not at this level, and and not have to play at least hard a little. And it doesn't see, I mean, and I didn't watch much of it or any of it, really. I just kind of saw some highlights, and I'm thinking, man, they must have not played hard at all. Because and then when they started to play hard, then, then okay, then the game turned. I'm like, well, this is ridiculous, but – And I don't think it's just what you said. I don't think that KU, I think this is one of those games where they got a little confidence early. Uh, Oklahoma probably, I mean, must have turned the ball over a few times and then Katie barred the door and all of a sudden it's a, it's a football game. And it's just what you said. Well, you give division one athletes a little confidence and they can stick around for a while. That's what's going to happen. You know, they're going to end up playing harder and harder and harder. And that's what happened. I, I just, I've seen it too many times. It's college football emotions. When you're dealing with college kids, that's the way that it is. Well, and, and almost at any level, but especially at the college level. So um, I, I think yeah, I think that's all that basically was. But it just goes to show you that OU's not at the level that OU thinks that they are, Tim. That's what it is because oh. a real OU team could have just rolled out there and blown them, blown the doors off of KU, and they did not. And and that's well, that lets you know, at least for me, that lets me know that K that OU is not what they think they they're not that good to just be able to roll out there and roll them they're just not the team that they believe that they are nope they they certainly seemed like they uh are capable of letting a team come in and upset them they they just That's right. you know they, when you play like you don't really have to try. You find out you have to try. And that's, that's, what, right. that's what happened to them. Uh, but I am fascinated by KU because that's a game in two weeks for K-State in Lawrence. Um, maybe they'll invite everyone to come into the stadium for the fourth quarter like they did Saturday. <laughs> oh, Great. my goodness. It was just so weird. The whole thing was weird. But um, <laughs> I, I'm anxious to see how K-State plays in that game. We've got to get through TCU first because if K-State just comes out and takes care of Kansas – that's five wins. If they win on Saturday, that would make that would be the sixth win in Lawrence to get them bowl eligible. And yeah. just just uh, a week ago on this podcast, we were pretty doom and gloom for good reason. And now it's amazing what one win will do for you, even if it's ugly. Um, 
it just kind of changed the forecast that a lot of us had for what was going to happen in the season. Yeah, I think it did. And we were doom and gloom. And I even, you know, had apologized to a few people because they asked me about it. And I said, but, you know, I'm just talking what I see. And this is what I see. And now I see something different. And that's a good thing. You know, we were here to be honest and talk about it. And now it's something different. And just that one win changes everything. Now, if we come out and lay an egg on Saturday, we'll be back to where we were. So we can't be laying eggs on Saturday. We got to come out and fight again. But you know what? I think the kids understand that. I think they understand that we got to play hard. Now, we got to play a lot smarter. You know, got to play smarter. These penalties are driving me up the wall. So as long as we play hard and we play smart, we are going to be okay. Going to be okay. I'm totally with you, brother. I, I think this team will be okay. I think these coaches will get these mistakes cleaned up. And it, it's really just kind of about focus, isn't it? I mean, you just some some penalties happen. You get you get your fingers caught in a face mask, or you, you get called for a hold that doesn't get called ninety five percent of the time. Um, just some things happen in the course of a game, but false starts and and blatant holdings, and I just feel like they they weren't totally locked in, and yeah. they'll get there, right. Right. Well, false starts, is, it's mental. And blatant holdings are the same thing because blatant holdings means you're, you're – and I can say this as an offensive lineman. It means you're being lazy. You're not moving your feet. You're not driving your feet. Or you didn't see the guy slanting one way or another. That's you. That's literally on you not giving the effort that you should be giving because – Technically, you hold on every play, but you're not going to be able to. It's not going to be called when you're moving your feet, driving your feet. But when you're out of position and then you hold, mm-hmm. it pretty much gets called every time. And you're out of position because you're not doing what you're supposed to. The effort's not there. And that's, and, and, and you know, and, uh, that's basically what it is on holding. The false starts. I, I literally want to break my television every time I see a false start because it's absolutely offense and defense. Offense and defense. I literally want to break my television because on defense, you're literally looking at the ball. You're not even supposed to hear a snap count. And on offense, you know what the snap count is. Just don't move until you hear it. And I'm not saying guys are perfect. Uh, None of us are. But at the same time, you just can't make those kind of mistakes. God, I'm so glad you didn't actually break your TV because you'd have been on (laughs) your sixth TV by the end of the game. Oh man, oh, it was terrible, terrible. <laughs> I know it was. It was frustrating. It was awful. And I'm going to be really blunt here. It reminded me of Stan Parrish football way too much in that first half. And then you saw them that that sack for, or excuse me, that tackle for loss for the safety. Just it's like the whole team went, "We're good again." Yeah, I mean it's incredible, and it was fun to watch. It was, I was really happy uh, for the coaching staff and and for the players. These are real. This is a really good group that's representing um, everyone's alma mater, and they should be proud of that. But boy, winning is so much better than losing, and let's hope they can string it together for homecoming on Saturday um, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium with the Horn Frogs as Gary Patterson gets to come home to his alma mater to play. Well, it might be a really big game for him. Do you think he's in trouble at all? I don't know that he's in trouble, but I I, I think that the, the rumblings are starting to get there because I think they had a really good team when they were at the Big 12, and the Big 12 was a little down. And now that things have kind of leveled off, 
I mean, they haven't really done much, Tim. And I think he's a good coach, but I mean, I, I just they haven't done much. And when you haven't, you know, when when I always talk about this is that Texas was down, so you were able to get other players. How Baylor became good, how TCU became good. You know, A and M was down, so you were able to get guys. Well, now that they're not getting those same guys, now it's like, okay, well, you're not as good. Are they going to put up with it? Because TCU was pathetic before he got there. I'm not saying they were a horrible program, but they were not anywhere near the kind of program that they were before he got there. So do you lose, do, do people lose sight of that and just think, well, you know what? We're, we've been so good you know, from where we were. We just keep it. Or do they think that they deserve better? I think it's the latter. Or uh, I take that, take that back. I think it's the first where I think people are, are thinking, you know what? I think we should just mellow out, let it ride out. Because, I, I mean, how much longer is he going to coach anyway? I mean, let's just yeah. be honest about it. I mean, he's not going to coach another 15 years. He's just not going to do that. So I think they're just, hey, you know what? He's got it this, this far. Let's let the guy coach. We're still competitive. It's not that they're not competitive, but they're just not winning as much. I don't think he's in trouble. Um, and he shouldn't be in trouble, but y- you never know what somebody's, you know, uh, a booster's thinking. Yeah, I mean, if the a certain big money guy calls up the AD, you just never know. But I, I'd find it hard to believe they would uh, turn on him because it's not yeah. like he's losing, losing. He's just kind of hanging in the Correct. middle right now. Correct. But it does kind of feel like some of the stuff Bill Snyder went through. What what really shocks me about TCU on Saturday is how bad the defense was because that's his bread and butter. And yeah. the defense was pretty dreadful, particularly against the run. West Virginia early in that game when we were listening in the on the ride because we stayed in Amarillo, so we were listening to that game first half. They're just running right up the middle at TCU, chunking off yardage. I think yeah, they State will try that. They yeah they couldn't stop them. They I mean I was watching some of the game and it was just you know they were just getting downhill, getting downhill fast, running off tackle plays in between. I mean it was just okay and uh, and just kind of what you said. You never see a Gary Patterson defense kind of get shredded. I mean you have obviously from time to time, but they're usually pretty good against the run. That's kind of their bread and butter. We're not going to let you run the football. Well, West Virginia got whatever they wanted running that football, especially in the first half. And it was just, it was bad. And I'm like, well, I believe K-State can do those same type of things. Cause well, you know, K-State can run the football. I know teams are taking it away and taking it away, but I think with the way that our passing game has come along here a little bit, they can't just, stack the line against the run or our quarterback is going to throw the ball over their head. And I I like what's happening. I think we're going to be able to run it though, just because our line is that good. I agree. We have lots to talk about later in the week when we do the pregame podcast for K-State and TCU. But this wraps up this edition of the postgame review podcast. Kansas State wins 25-24 at Tech, a very strange game, but won the Wildcats won to get to 4-3 and three on the season, and we'll see if they perpetuate that next week, next Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, a 2-30 game against the Frogs. Brian Hanley, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you listen to our questions podcast later this week. And as I mentioned, we'll have a pregame podcast on Thursday. So you have it for a good two days before the Cats and the Frogs meet at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for a little purple on purple violence. 
Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.